Here's a story you may have seen something of since it was announced back in late June. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency is implementing a ban. In late September, on September 28th, it goes into effect. But it happens to be World Rabies Day, and this is what it's intended to combat. Uh, we will be banning the imports of dogs from more than 100 countries listed as, quote, at high risk for dog rabies. We'll be banning the import of dogs from those countries into this country. Uh, but the animal rescue community here in Canada is uh, is wondering why it's such a draconian measure. Uh, it really is 113 countries, countries you may be familiar with, even for dog rescue stories, such recent ones, Afghanistan, Ukraine, and so on. Um, it prohibits the entry of commercial dogs from countries, again, considered at high risk for dog rabies. But the definition of commercial is quite broad. It includes uh, rescues, it includes adoptions, and so on. Uh, so here, there is a lot of folk, there are a lot of folks who are wondering why this uh, this whole rule has been put into place, uh, why it's so broad, why it had to be put in on the 28th, why there was no consultation with the animal rescue community here. Uh, and if it's to prevent rabies, which of course is a concern to all, uh, is there not some room for flexibility here? Because the warning, of course, is that if we put in these rules and ban all imports of dogs from these 113 countries total, uh, what in fact happens is that an entire structure built up to bring uh, adopted, to have dogs adopted and brought to this country suddenly falls apart, or at least falls apart for the most part. Well, joining me now is lawyer Camille Lapchuk. Uh, she is the executive director of Animal Justice. Thank you so much for your time. Glad to be here, Ben. So uh, this caught everyone off guard to a certain extent. How is it? I guess it's it's been talked about, but all of a sudden we have this sort of uh, this date, uh, this September 28th date to, to work towards. Was it a complete surprise to those who, who work closely with this stuff? Yeah, Ben, unfortunately, it was a complete surprise. I, I've spoken with so many rescues who were just caught completely off guard by this really unfortunate news that their operations would be in jeopardy starting September 28th. Uh, what's really surprising about this move by the CFIA is that it seems to have been done without any consultation uh, with those who were affected by it. So not a single rescue group that I've spoken to anywhere in this country or internationally had a heads up that this was coming and they weren't allowed to, you know, make any representations to address what concerns the CFIA might legitimately have about rabies and figure out a way to move forward that doesn't involve such a blanket discriminatory ban. There's there's so many countries targeted there. A lot of people, I think, who are familiar with rescue will will notice some of the countries are, are places where we have a lot of where we see a lot of that going on. What what, what kind of impact will it have broadly? Well, honestly, it really breaks my heart because these are, as you know, are some of the countries where the need for dog rescue is absolutely the highest. Uh, they tend to be less developed countries. Uh, some of these countries still have an active dog meat trade, like China and the Philippines. Um, some of these countries are in the middle of conflict, like Ukraine and Afghanistan. And, you know, in all of these countries, there's situations where dogs are roaming the streets, not knowing where their next meal is coming from. They're dodging traffic to survive, or maybe they're scooped up and put into, uh, you know, a high kill shelter where they're, where they're shot. Um, you know, this literally just happened last week in Iran. There were news stories that came out about the government rounding up over a thousand dogs and just killing them. Um, you know, so there, there are countries where the need for rescue is really, really high and countries where Canadian groups have been able to effectively work with folks on the ground to bring these dogs over to loving homes in Canada. And so without that ability, I really fear that um, the consequences for these dogs is going to be deadly. 
Yeah, because it's more than 100 countries, right? Uh, now, now, obviously, the uh, CFIA has, has cites that it's been asked by the Public Health Agency of Canada and, and other provincial authorities to, to try to make sure that rabies, dog rabies, doesn't spread. I gather there are no cases that we know of in the country right now. Does it demand this kind of reaction? Is it that much of a threat? Well, you know, I really, I applaud the CFIA in one sense for taking this on proactively and trying to keep rabies out. It's obviously a really important concern and we don't want dog rabies to spread here to dogs or humans. It would be very, very bad. But I do think that there's other steps that they could be taking to accomplish the same thing that falls short of a blanket ban on all dog rescue from most places in the world. So, um, you know, what, what's interesting to me about the situation is that the United States brought in a similar but temporary policy last summer and after reviewing the situation, they lifted that policy in June. And instead of a blanket ban, what they're now saying via the CDC in the States is, is as long as there is a legitimate rabies vaccination certificate, there is an antibody test to make sure a dog has developed antibodies to the vaccine and a period of quarantine, then they're fine with dogs coming back into the country. So I would have just liked to see something done like that in Canada so that we don't have this blanket ban that condemns so many dogs to die. I was going to say, what, what what are the alternatives to this? And I guess it would have it would have been made sense to consult with those involved in these rescues to see what would be possible, what would be prohibitive, what would work, and what wouldn't. Yeah, I think that's right. And the rescue community, I've you know I've spoken with so many just great groups of selfless volunteers who do this work on their own time because they care so much about rescuing dogs. They are so very willing to work with the CFIA and to provide advice. They're you know, in the, the stage now, I think, where they're trying to do outreach both to the CFIA and to politicians. But um, I haven't spoken with a single person involved in dog rescue who doesn't support keeping rabies out of the country. It's just that they feel based on evidence that if you've got a vaccination certificate, and, and I should note, Ben, that vaccines, the World Health Organization says they're 100% effective against rabies. So if you've got a vaccination certificate, if you've done a blood test on the dog to make sure that they have antibodies, and I think in this post-COVID world, a lot of us know much more about antibodies at this point and their importance for preventing disease, but you can test dogs to see if they've developed those antibodies to the rabies virus. And then a period of quarantine should take care of any lingering concerns. So we are really urging the CFIA at this point to listen to dog rescues and work with them to make sure some of these measures can be implemented. I've also noticed that it, it's it's not only are there a lot of countries on that list, but but what dogs are prevented from being imported is also a broad definition as well. It covers a whole range of things, including adoptions, which which I think you took some objection to or took some some objection with. Yeah, and that's a great point. That really is the crux of the issue here. So the CFIA says no commercial dogs can come into Canada after September 28th from these countries. And uh, we would actually support a ban on, you know, bringing dogs from puppy mills and dogs for resale into Canada from, you know, any place in the world. Um, but the CFIA includes under that definition of commercial, they include adoptions and rescue dogs as well, which to us doesn't really make much sense. Um, these aren't dogs who are being sold for pets, they're dogs who are being adopted into loving homes. So, you know, I think it would be a good thing for that ban on uh, truly commercial dog shipments to stay in place, but to exempt rescues. Um, you know, one thing that we actually fear with this policy is that it's going to lead to an increase in puppy mills domestically here in Canada, because if there's unmet demand for dogs and rescued dogs from other countries aren't coming into the country, that could lead people to turn to places like Kijiji and Craigslist and buy dogs from puppy mills, which would be a huge setback for dogs in this country. 
So Camille, just so that listeners understand, I mean, these are some of the things that we see stories about all the time, whether it be Afghanistan or Ukraine most recently. These countries would all be, as of the 28th, done. You couldn't bring a dog in from those countries. Yeah, more or less. There, there's some different rules if a dog is um, you know, personally owned by somebody and is, the person has had that dog for quite some time. But um, all these organizations doing the selfless work of pulling these dogs off the street, of staying and neutering them, getting them veterinary care, um, they will all be out of luck come September 28th. Have you had any contact with CFIA? Have you had any any luck in trying to, to see if there's not some different path forward here? Because it seems, again, the 28th, as I mentioned, is World Rabies Day. So it seems like both an arbitrary date and yet a very set in stone kind of date. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They announced the policy on June 28th, so a little over a month ago at this point, and it comes into effect September 28th. So that's a good three-month lag period. Um, you know, you kind of have to wonder if the, the problem is of such urgency right now, is, is it not important to implement those measures right now? Um, so, you know, we're continuing to reach out to the CFIA. A lot of rescue groups are doing the same thing, um, as well as reaching out to members of parliament who ultimately could have uh, a huge contribution in potentially reversing this and putting in a more evidence-based system in place. I'm speaking with Camille Labchuk. She's executive director of Animal Justice. We're talking about a CFIA, uh, a new rule banning, uh, in many ways, the uh, the adoption uh, and import of all dogs from uh, more than 100 countries, some countries you'll be familiar with, uh, places where we've seen uh, quite successful dog rescues of late, such as Ukraine, Afghanistan, other places. Uh, this would come into effect on September 28th. And not only is it, I mean, it's, it's even if you have a permit to bring a dog, import a dog from one of those countries, September 28th is indeed uh, the date where it would have to and when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about what can be done at this point uh, to try and uh, see if the CFIA won't uh, won't shift gears a bit on this. That's next. My guest this half hour is Camille Labchuk. She's a lawyer and executive director of Animal Justice. We're talking about the CFIA, uh, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, imposing a ban on the import of dogs from more than 100 countries around the world uh, to try and prevent dog rabies from entering this country. Uh, but it's also a, a quite a significant ban and will affect a lot of animal, animal rescue groups in this country. It comes into effect on September 28th. And that, I mean, one of the things I noticed that it's a bit of a race against time now. So even if you had a permit to bring a dog over that was issued in the last month or so that's it on september 28th yeah yeah that's right so all of these organizations who are doing this amazing volunteer work of bringing these dogs over and you know let me tell you ben like i i know personally organizations that um you know they do international dog adoption in part to help fund the amazing work that they do on the ground to get veterinary care and spays and neuters done for dogs so if they can charge adoption fees to Canadians who have the resources and are willing to pay them and want to adopt a dog from these countries, they can then send that money back to countries like Colombia, you know, countries like Ukraine, countries where the need is very high and they don't have the same animal welfare infrastructure in place that we do. And those groups can make that money go very, very far in terms of doing spays and neuters, uh, veterinary care, and really helping these dogs get better lives. So for them, this, this is such a blow. So you're really talking about sort of throttling on an entire system that's come that's that's emerged that that does this kind of work. Yeah, that's right. Throttling an entire system and a system that is is sprung up really out of the goodness of people's hearts. Um, this work doesn't tend to be supported by governments. In fact, most animal welfare initiatives in this country, unfortunately, tend to be done because people care, um, not because there's government funding for them. Government funding tends to go towards subsidizing slaughterhouses and, you know, businesses that profit from using animals. And most rescue work is done just by compassionate people who care about dogs or care about cats or, or other animals. So, you know, not only is, is 
the sector already at a huge disadvantage structurally and systemically because it's not really supported by taxpayer funding. Um, but you know, now the government's actually putting these rules in place that make it more difficult to do that work. And I think that's really unfortunate. I'm surprised we haven't seen more about this because we see all kinds of stories about dogs being rescued, arriving in this country, but we really haven't seen much about this ban, or at least not a ton, not that I've seen. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing media interviews nonstop. <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> in that is, case, which is <laughs> just me. Yeah, and I think international dog rescue organizations are really starting to get mobilized and organized as well now. Um, you know, for them, it's it's a big challenge to have to step into to figure to figure out what to do. So as I mentioned, these people are volunteers. Uh, they're not professionals. They don't generally get paid for the work that they do. They organize this complex network of, um, you know, organizing flight volunteers to bring dogs over, organizing local spay and neuter work and vaccinations and veterinary care for these dogs. So they're volunteers and they're now having to step into this very different role, which is trying to actively lobby the government to change its tune on this and bring in rules that you know, would involve testing and quarantine and vaccinations that make more sense. So it's an enormous burden for these rescue organizations that are already subsisting just thanks to volunteer donations. So you are looking for some exemptions here, I gather, so at least at least some sort of leeway between uh, as of the 28th, so this ban doesn't come into effect and just stop everything. Because I imagine it'd be hard to start everything up again if it stopped. Yeah, that's another really great point. These are these are systems, right? And, and once you turn off the tap on a system, it can be really difficult to turn it back on again. Um, you know, so I worry. I worry about this. I, I also worry about you know, is the CFIA bringing this in with the intention of later alleviating it once they um, do some consultations and come up with a better policy that's more evidence-based? If so, that would be good in one sense, but it would have been better to do those consultations before this ban comes into effect. So what we're really looking for at this point is, is some, some leeway and some compassion, hopefully from the CFIA to at least keep rescues and adoptions going. Um, I think it would be a great thing if they actually did shut off commercial dog imports. So people bringing dogs in from puppy mills, often in Eastern Europe, um, you know, unfortunately, that's something that has happened regularly in this country. And we've seen images and investigations before about the conditions those dogs arrive in, which is tends to not be good in many cases. So if they want to shut down that sector, I think that would be great. But we really need to see some exemptions for adoption and rescue so that those dogs aren't left out in the cold to die in the street. The clock is ticking, though. I mean, the 28th of September is, uh, is you know, a month and a half, of, well, near a little bit under two months away now. Yeah, the clock is ticking. And, you know, I think what's what's really important about this is that this decision really does mean life or death for so, so many dogs. Um, I've already spoken with some rescuers who are speaking with their international partners on the ground in, in countries that are affected by this ban. And many of the international partners are saying, look, Canada was our last hope to find these dogs a home. If Canada is shut off as a destination for adoption, then we'll have no choice but to start euthanizing. And I don't think that's a policy consequence that anybody wants to see. I'm sure the CFIA doesn't want that. So we really just hope that they'll come to the table and propose something uh, more reasonable for dog adoptions. So what for you now, between now and the 28th of September? Well, what we're really encouraging people to do is contact uh, not just the CFIA, but also their members of parliament. So members of parliament ultimately are in charge uh, via the government of, of this agency's decisions. And I think it's uh, a decision that was made in good faith by the CFA to shut down these imports out of concern over rabies. And obviously no one wants to minimize the importance of addressing rabies or preventing it from coming into the country. But I think despite the decision being made in good faith, there's some unintended policy consequences here and legislators should be the ones to be aware of that 
So we're asking people if they care about this issue to reach out to their members of parliament, um, reach out to senators, reach out to the government and the CFIA and make sure that those concerns are heard and that the government understands the consequences for dogs, which are going to be deadly. And you have a petition as well, I see. Yeah, we do. You can visit animaljustice.ca to sign the petition where we're calling for a reversal of this policy and uh, effective measures in its place, which include quarantine upon arrival and uh, antibody testing and, of course, vaccinations, which the World Health Organization says are 100% effective. Camille Labchuk, thanks so much for, uh, for providing up some update on this, uh, an update on this and some insight into it as well. Oh, thanks so much for covering this, Ben.